Hey, Luis, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for the opportunity, man. How have you been? Man, I've been great. Um, I graduated in November, and then I just took off with the foster care system, and uh-huh. I'm enjoying it, man. I'm sleeping more, which is good. Dude, that's great, because I know you're working really hard when you're at Emory, man. Dude, I barely got to see you last semester, and yeah. I ended up running into one of your friends, and I was like, yeah, I, I was telling her, like, I have to get, I have to send Louise an email before he logged off his Emory Henry email, then it completely slipped, man. Uh, you're fine. Uh, you are in Spain right now, aren't you? I am. Yeah, I'm studying abroad here for six months, and it's been pretty good so far. Yeah. Has has uh, uh has has it been like a cultural uh, um, how do you say it um, cultural shock? Yes, has it has it been a cultural shock for you or or has that gone? Um, let's see. Well, I, honestly, I haven't experienced a culture shock, but I I I will tell you this: that I do know the difference. So, like when I go outside, I know I'm I know I'm in Spain rather than being at Emory or in the United <laughs> States, just because of. I don't know. It, it seems like, um, I don't know, the community is really nice here. For example, I go play soccer on the weekends with some of the guys, and it's it's really nice. Um, but it's definitely a difference. Like, you know how they have Southern hospitality in the U.S.? Yes. People here, like, they'll walk past you. Like, you know how you can just greet anyone, even if you don't know them? Mm-hmm. Well, at least for in the community at Emory and for the places I've been in in South Carolina, it's just like that's just like a custom where it's here you don't really do that you don't really smile when you go like when you pass someone so that's one thing i've noticed for sure interesting hmm. but um other than that my classes they've been going pretty good and i can learn as much as i can for the time that i have you know yeah when do you come back to america so i will come back um at the end of june end of June nice man so I know you were trying to like learn Spanish and all these little things um is that what motivated you to go to Spain um you know I would say that did have something to do with it because um the opportunity well after I finished my freshman year um Dr. Professor Ramju she ended up telling me about the opportunity and at the time I was like hmm, okay I'll keep it in the back of my mind and then I ended up going on a social media break for the summer and I ended up watching a lot of Spanish TV and then um, after that I guess that kind of started my immersion into the Spanish language as far as having an interest into it mm-hmm. and then I said hey well me going to Spain that would definitely be a good opportunity for me to improve my Spanish and for me to meet my goal of trying to become, of trying to achieve native fluency in the language. So, yeah, right. I think coming to Spain, that, that did have something to do with it. What do you think it's the, uh, w- so the language Spanish, what attracts you about it? Well, okay, so I have a few things. For number one, um, I guess, so when you compare the Spanish language between the English language, there's so many more words in Spanish to express yourself. And I guess that kind of attracted me just because of the amount of expressions you can use, where it's like, for example, um, so in English, you can say like, I'm happy. Or, and there's really, 
not really another phrase you can really use for that. Maybe you can find another one, but in Spanish you can say, me alegro, me alegra. You can say, estoy contento. You can say, es lo mira felicidad. It's just so many more other expressions to kind of express yourself. And I guess that that's kind of nice. Also like the discreetness of the language. So for example, if I was having a conversation out in public um, and I wanted to have a discreet conversation I mean, yes, Spanish is pretty widely spoken in the U.S., but still, you still have that opportunity to have like a private conversation with someone. So I like that. And then also, I guess just the last part is just being able to connect with different people. Um, I think when you're able to con- when you're able to speak someone else's language, I think you're able to talk more to their heart rather than to their brain if you speak to them. Well, and maybe maybe a second or third language. I think you can get maybe more of a genuine connection. I don't know. I guess just like the effort, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I guess that kind of like I don't know. It might open the door. So then I like that. I like that how you say it uh, talks to the person's heart uh, instead of their brain. I think that's very. I think that's very accurate. Um, so I wanted to, um, if you wanted to have a little conversation in Spanish, I think that'll be a. Uh, your accent there was amazing. Uh, alegro, alegra amazing accent um I, I think i heard you speak spanish a little bit when you were here in america but i don't think i quite i was not in any of the classes uh because i already speak spanish but um uh, i heard you a couple of times uh but will you mind having a little conversation with of course i would love to in spanish um, oh okay <laughs> you're ready <laughs> okay. uh estás hoy? Hoy, la verdad es que ahí va, es que tengo un proyecto que hacer esta semana. Tengo hablar por 45 minutos en un clase de teoría de arte. Entonces, ese proyecto es un poco complejo solo porque estamos hablando sobre las pinturas de los siglos, en los siglos de 18, 19, por ejemplo. Eh, por mi proyecto, tengo que hablar sobre el movimiento de alemán, se llama el expresionismo. And in this movement, it's un poco. La verdad es que es es muy interesante. Solo porque durante esa época el país alemán estaba en un guerra. Entonces durante ese tiempo el país cierran los las fronteras para recibir productos de países internacionales. Entonces durante ese movimiento la well, pues, las películas solo han hecho entre el país. Entonces, los películas no, el país no han recibido algunos películas de otros países. Solo los películas estaban hechos en el país de entre ellos. ¿Me entiendes? Sí, sí. Wow. Tu lenguaje, tu lengua está muy bien. Um, a mí gracias. siempre, muy bien. A mí siempre me ha interesado mucho. Um, eh, la historia del país alemán me, me, me encanta estudiar eso cuando yo estaba en, en la high school, en la prepa yo tenía amigos de Alemania, eran uh, estudiantes que venían a estudiar a Estados Unidos uh, eran de Alemania de China, de Francia um, wow. y, conocía, y conocía a varios alemanes uh, uno de ellos se llamaba John um, el otro se llamaba Anne 
y los dos juegan fútbol también, les encantaba el fútbol. Claro, sí. Pero uh, se dice en, en los tiempos de la era romántica que el alemán, el lenguaje alemán, fue uno de los primeros que murió porque no puede ser romántico cuando estás escupiendo. Me explico porque el, el lenguaje alemán es muy agresivo. Sí, ah. suena muy agresivo. Uh -huh. es, es como un argumento, puede ser. Uh -huh. no, no se suena muy, muy suave, muy sencilla uh -huh. como y, las otras lenguas. Sí, y el, el español, el italiano, el francés, en la era romántica fueron los lenguajes que se quedaron porque son suaves, son sí. románticos. Sí, suave en la oreja, por seguro, sí. Wow. Uh, so, uh, I'll do a little bit of, uh, what Sik was telling me is that he has a little project. The little project is um, a little complex. He's studying about uh, the German language, the German land, and um, around the 19th, 18th and 19th century, and about Uh, when Germany crossed, uh, closed its borders uh, for, for other people. Um, he's excited about the project, uh, but it's a little complex. And I just want to emphasize that, wow, his, his, his language, his, his accent is on point. Very, very good. Um, and then we're also talking about the Romantic era. So uh, it's said that the language, uh, like the German language was one of the first ones to die as well as the Russian because you can't be romantic when you know you're, you seem aggressive, the, the German language is very aggressive um, whereas the French, Italian and Spanish uh, language is very soft, very suave uh, romantic, so those are the languages that uh, kind of survive the romantic era Um, nice. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, just college, Seek. Um, I know for sure that when we were in college and I was still there, uh, we will see each other and it seemed like we were, we were always in a rush. You were playing like two sports. Uh, you got invited to the honors program uh, with, with me as well. And man, those times, you know, the, the hustling every day, the having extra curricular activities, the studying. Uh, I'm sure you study like past midnight and did homework like in early in the a.m. So I want to focus on the sacrifices of a college student. So I was reading um, a little statistic that in the USA, one of the longest populations is college students. Um, so I just want to kind of hear if this has been your experience in college, what you've been here, um, and just the sacrifices that you've made to be a student, um, if you want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, of course. Um, I guess, you know, when I first came to college, I guess the idea initially was that I knew that college was going to be an experience that I would have to be disciplined. And I knew that I'd have to dedicate a substantial amount of time to my studies. Um, and yeah, like you said, when we would pass each other at Emory, it seemed like we were always in a rush. And honestly, that's the truth of it. Um, I know from my experience, there's definitely been a lot of um, late nights, early mornings. Um, but getting back to the question, I think during your years of college, sometimes it can feel lonely. And I think, I don't know. Honestly, I would say, well, 
I know I've heard a lot of talk saying stuff like, um, you know, college is the time where you usually explore and discover who you are as a person. And I think um, that process kind of stems from that kind of loneliness of being in college because you're on your own. Um, you have to take care of your responsibilities. It's not, you know, you coming home to dinner, you have to go out and get dinner or if you're cooking dinner, depending on what type of meal situation you're in. Um, but I, I do think that, and from the people I've talked to, they have expressed the same idea about being lonely in college. And I think that kind of stems from, um, honestly, it kind of depends on what type of community you're in. I think you can, ha- I think there are lonely moments in college, but I think depending on the type of communities you're involved with, it can kind of counteract that feeling, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, are you feeling, um, do you have the same feelings uh, in Spain right now that you had at Emory or how's that, how's that working out for you? Um, I would say, let's see. I mean, because at Emory, usually, I'm mostly always on campus. So I don't usually leave campus too much unless for like an, a sporting event or to go grocery shopping. So Emory, I'm basically stationary on campus. I also don't have a car there. Well, I was in Spain, I am out on the go a little bit more. Um, however, I would say maybe I'm a little bit more lonely at Emory, if anything. Mm-hmm. But to be but to be fair, I do usually get around a good bit, and so maybe those lon- maybe those feelings of loneliness might come maybe on when I don't have as many things to do. Mm-hmm. Nice. And can you tell us a little bit about what you want to do um, after college? Sure. Yeah, so after college, I'm planning to take a gap year for about two years before I go to law school. I'm planning to um, work at an immigration law firm where I can use my Spanish to help the Hispanic community. So I'm looking for an opportunity to get some work experience in that field before I go off to law school. But ultimately, the goal is to be an immigration attorney. Oh, wow. Um I guess going back to what you were saying uh, about learning a different language to uh, talk to somebody's heart, is there, besides that, besides uh, opening doors for, um, you know, like another culture, uh, exploring new cultures and talking to people's heart, um, is there another reason why you want to be an immigration um, attorney? Um, I guess that would kind of go towards my reasoning because I have a good bit of um, Hispanic friends so I've been able to see firsthand some of the struggles they've had with getting assimilated in the country or seeing like some of the legal problems they've had with bringing some of their other siblings over Mm -hmm. and I guess um, because I've always wanted to I've wanted to be a lawyer I think since like high school however that the sector of law, because there's so many sectors you can get involved with, I didn't really have too much of a clear idea. And after talking to a lot of people in the profession, and um, I guess for me, it makes sense for me to do immigration law just because I have a feeling of connection, um, just from being able to see some of the things that my friends have been through um, with trying to get assimilated into a new country. And sometimes that can be a scary process for people 
especially when they don't have the resources available to help them get everything straight away. And so for me, I honestly feel in my heart like that's my calling. Hmm. Oh, wow. Um, I had somebody here in the podcast and I will actually share the podcast with you so you can hear um, other stories. I think you'll really like them. But I had um, a lady from Vietnam and she escaped Vietnam in the 1980s. So after the USA left Vietnam um, and she talks about the process of coming to the USA and almost like this imposter syndrome uh, because she's this very successful woman. She has businesses. She helps uh, kids that are, you know, like homeless kids and kids that um, are not meant to succeed in life. But she says that even after all this success that she has, there's always like this little voice, this little echo uh, saying, are you good enough? Do you have the skills? Are you contributing to society here in the USA? Um, and it kind of makes me think of, of, of her story and, and kind of connect it here with what you want to do, for sure. Yeah, wow. You said you did a interview with this lady from Vietnam? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll share the, the, pod, the whole podcast with you. And uh, I think you will really enjoy it. I think you'll really like it. I'm, I'm just having fun now. I, uh, I'm trying to stay as active as I can uh, because now I don't have like thesis to write or any of all this like paperwork. Uh, I still do paperwork for the foster care system, but man, college is, uh, college is a different world. It's, it's, it can get rough for sure. It can, yeah. And it's easy to get busy. It's easy. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you recall any like specific situations where you pulled off, uh, pulled off a like all-nighter or a specific project you were working on? Well, okay, so I would try to stay away from all-nighter situations as much as possible. I think my my mind, my mindset, and it's kind of changed from my freshman year to junior year, I've had a few experiences where I'd be working maybe to about 2, 3 in the morning. However, I would really try not to do that. And so now my thinking if I I have like a cutoff time around this like around 12 if I'm not getting anywhere my brain is dead I will wake up early in the morning around five to get that started so the latest I've my freshman year I think there was a um maybe an English paper that I had to write and I probably stayed up to about two or three but I had to have an energy drink with me, which aren't the most healthiest, but that's how that experience was for me. Right. If you could give um, a, a freshman some advice uh, with like college work and, and all this, what kind of advice would you give them? I would, um, I would advise them to, I guess, space out their time as far as like, we all say that time management is important, but Honestly, I don't think that can be emphasized enough just with like the importance of you just having time dedicated out to do this, this and that. Because if you kind of have like a freelance schedule, it can kind of get start, it can start to start to get kind of hectic when you have a lot more things to do and things start to pile up. And I guess also with that time management, also um, I would advise them to also put in time for self-care. 
just because that time and space to recharge your batteries is just as important as you taking out space to do your homework and stuff. Hmm. Hmm. That's a good advice. I feel like a lot of people gave me that advice when I was a freshman. Um, I don't know if I took all of it uh, just because of how busy stuff was and all the things that that we were doing. But um, yeah, do well, you go ahead? I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Well, I guess I was curious to how your honors thesis went because I'm sure that was a lot of work. Yeah. Um, so going back to what you were saying about. Uh, being an immigration lawyer so my thesis was I'm trying to remember like the whole name this was a, it was a very long name it was um, to college students with undocumented immigrant parents um, suffer from stress in college that end up in them suffering academically and I'm sure there's a shorter version to it but uh, pretty much like are were the troubles that their parents were having as undocumented immigrants was any of that affecting college students that you know they, they were born here but they had parents that were immigrants was there the stress that they suffer at home or from the parents was it so much that they suffer academically um, my thesis actually did not have an answer. There was not a lot of people that had done a lot of research on this, and that's why I wanted to do it. But oh golly, uh, uh, thesis is not no joke for sure. Um, I think I spent close to a year just researching. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah, just researching on it, um, writing about it, and of course the pandemic hit so I couldn't do in-person interviews with uh, people that match this criteria that were USA born citizens that were in college but had undocumented parents so I had to like contact other colleges around and yeah it was tough like nobody answered and it's um it's normal because this is a very this is a very sensitive subject you know and uh People don't want to talk about it, and I wish more people talked about it. So I feel it would bring more light to to the whole situation. And I'm I'm happy and to hear that you want to kind of study this this area. I think that thing you're gonna have a lot of work for sure. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it was tough. Uh, I think I spent, uh, as you know, I I used to work overnight mm-hmm. for the foster care system, so I would. Uh, Oh man, I guess I'll describe you one a day in in Luis's life. Um, I would work from midnight to about eight in the morning, uh, and then I will go home, eat breakfast, shower, head to my first class, which was usually like a nine a.m. class. Um, after that, I will like either head to another class or have a little break, uh, and just go home and sleep one or two hours um, and then I would um, either have uh, an honors meeting a civic leaders meeting or a Bonner, Bonner scholars meeting um, and lyceums to go to and community service and interviews so it was really rough it was, it was, wow. it was very rough I did that for three and a half years I actually graduated a semester early because I 
I couldn't do it anymore. So I spoke to my advisor and I was actually gonna graduate a year early, but uh, that was suicide for sure. That was, uh, there's no way possible that I could do that with my schedule. Um, wow. Yeah, I think at one point I had like 22 credits uh, while I had an internship and I had all these scholarships. So, oh man. Uh, wow, dude, that sounds... Dude, it's amazing that you're able to get through that because dude with just a, a little bit amount of sleep i'm surprised you're able to still function and um still get like good grades and stuff that's crazy dude yeah yeah and um uh, i guess here comes my 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 trust in the creator because a lot of people ask me the same thing like how do you do it and i just kind of say coffee and the creator that's 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 how i kind of pull this three and a half years but uh yeah there was a lot of sacrifices too you know I uh, quit the soccer team after like the first season because I couldn't do it anymore uh and if you know me and anybody knows me I I soccer is like I love soccer mm-hmm. um my friendships were very uh you know very they weren't as strong because I wasn't putting a lot of time to them just because of how busy I was uh uh, I wasn't really sleeping, so I wasn't making very rational decisions at times. Um, I was definitely stealing a lot of time from the creator. You know, I was just in my own world and get this over with. And, you know, the creator falls in plan two. Um, and fort- uh, it has changed now. I think that's my main focus now. Um, but yeah, man, it's, uh, it's a tough, tough. It was some tough three and a half years for sure, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm done with that. What a journey, dude! I'm sure you can share a lot of knowledge if you, if you ever want it to with some, with some future students coming into college. Wow. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't miss the work and stuff, but I definitely miss the people. Like I, like I miss you. I miss Alicia. I went to see her. Couple, you? You know? yeah, she was in the garden, and I went to see her. I went to see Tal Stanley. Uh, I went to see Megan. We had a little podcast. Um, Megan, yeah, that uh, not ringing for me. Yeah, Megan Hamilton. She works at uh, the. Uh, oh, oh, oh yes, yes, yeah. okay, yes. Yeah, she's great. Uh, yes, she, she has a podcast with me, and I'll 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 share all that with you. Really? Was yeah. it about mindfulness? I know I did. I had a class, a core class with her about that. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty much about like, um, and I can ask you this question if you don't mind. So of one of the questions that I ask people a lot is, uh, who are you? So like if you ask, who is Luis? Um, I will tell you that I am a, a soul that sees both the Hispanic and the American culture. Um, I'm in this land that's like a no man's land, right in the middle. And I try to almost be like this defender of not, a defender of, I guess, when like uh, the Hispanic culture has some negative thoughts and negative negativity in general of the American culture and vice versa. So for example, if somebody in the American community says, 
well, you are here and you're stealing our jobs and all that. And I'm not going to get political. I'm a political science major, but I'm not going to get political here. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to be answering the question here. Um, and I don't 100% agree with that. And then when I go to my other house, my other home, which is the Hispanic culture, uh, I deal with the same thing. You know, the negativity that some of us have towards the American culture. Um, even like marriage, marriage is a big thing because I'm supposed to keep it in the culture. I'm not supposed to like mix it with, with the American culture. Uh, and I don't agree with that. I don't agree that uh, we're not supposed to like not make connections with other Yeah, other I don't agree with that. Yeah. I feel like people that say that had one bad experience or a lot of bad experiences with somebody from another culture and they are like, oh, that's it. You know, like if I had, a, if you had a negative culture towards like the, or with the Hispanic community and you're like, oh, well, Luis is from that community. Therefore, he is the same as everybody else in that community. And I don't agree with that. Uh, so I'm this educator uh, in no man's land, trying to educate both cultures and trying to, hang on to like the positivity and the good stuff from both cultures and at some point integrate both of them and be like we can be together like we can work this out so that's how Luis is so who is Zeke wow okay so I'll say this is the first time <laughs> I've even thought about or been asked this question and so I'm gonna do my best to answer it um if I had to really look inside and say who is Zeke, I would say I am a lighthearted person who honestly, generally most of the time, I'm very, I'm a positive person in the sense of um, I'm usually always smiling and um, it's not, it's just really not too many things that can get me into like a bad mood or anything regardless of the situation. And I guess digging deeper I guess I would say Zeke is someone who strives to educate himself. And I guess because with education is power. And once you have education, no one can take it away from you. And then to keep going deeper into that, I guess I would say I'm the type of person that likes to build connections. So I, I like to relate with people. I like to listen to their stories. I, for me, it's just really interesting to see the different backgrounds that people come from the different stories and then the way they interact in society now and so just making those connections and being able to observe that and look at how people you know just interact based on because in reality our experiences kind of define us in a way and they shape the way we think and so wow and yeah, and I, if I had to go deeper, I would probably say, honestly, yeah, I think that might be all I can give at the moment. <laughs> I'm glad that that's the first time you have been asked that. Uh, it, it makes me feel like um, I'm not asking you things that everybody's asking you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and what are you afraid of, Seek? If I had to look at, let's see, maybe, okay, so I, this kind of goes with my Spanish language skill, 
maybe a fear would be maybe not getting to the proficiency I really want to get to. And because, um, you know, going through, when you're learning a language, there are lots of barriers to jump. Um, like one day you might feel like you're doing pretty good and then you hear someone with a totally different accent talk and you're really not able to pick up what they're saying. And so it's a up and hill battle. And then with the pressures you put on yourself as far as I need to be this by this time and stuff like this. And so maybe a fear would be not getting to the language, the language goal that I have for myself. Right. Yeah. I think since I've met you, you have this drive that's almost scary in a way. You're always trying to like push yourself. Um, and I think I met very few people. I think I can probably name one or two other people that I, I think are like you or similar to you. One of them was uh, uh, I was training with a, with a wrestler. Um, his name is Victor Sosa. And oh wow, you will love his story. So he actually uh, walked the desert when he was like seven or eight with uh, one shoe, uh, very little water and like no food. Um, and he survived. Um, he's an amazing guy, but this guy's drive, you know, he's a wrestler, he's very disciplined. And I'll work out with this guy and he will just run circles around me. A very disciplined, very strong guy for his size. But um, it's, it's, it's very, it's an honor and very interesting when you meet people like yourself with that, you know, like I said, that scary drive that when they're like, you can see that, you can see it in their eyes in a way. I know that sounds a little weird, but you can see it. No, in, not at all. Uh, so yeah. Huh. It's definitely been a pleasure to get to know you a little bit more throughout these years, for sure. Yeah, it sure has been. We've we've definitely had um, some pretty meaningful conversations, and including this one, and then in the past. And um, yeah, we I remember we used to go out to the field. We weren't able to go as many times as we liked, but we had a good time when we go down there to Avenue and play soccer. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you remember a Pierre and Sandy. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. How's the weather over there now for soccer? Is the weather pretty? The you know what? Um, so today is like a what's like a fall day. So you know how at Emory during like October time you get like that little chilly, like ooh, it's kind of chilly, but the sun is really bright. Gotcha. That's how that's how it was today, and so for the most part. My first month in Spain, it didn't rain at all. My first month at all. And then now it started to rain a little bit. And I think spring is coming, or if it has came, because um, my, I can feel it because of my allergies. I start sneezing a lot more. Oh. Like I went running and I was, I was honestly telling them, I know how you like to run. I was oh, telling yeah. My, yeah, I was telling my friend about a runner's high. And she was like, what's that? And I was trying, I was explaining it. And I was like, yeah, it's like, a, it's like, a, it's kind of, it's like this like peace in this like different world once you finish running. And it's kind of like you're in a different zone. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Louis? Yeah, perfectly, perfectly. Um, yeah, I, I used to, and I, and I still do, I go for runs and, you know, when you start your run, you might be, if it was a hard day or, or anything like that, 
for me, one of the things that cures it is working out. Um, I got, I don't know if I told you, but I got into boxing. Uh, oh, no, you haven't told me. Yeah, I got into boxing and wow, that's a different, it's a different animal for sure. It's great. Oh, wow, dude, that sounds great. If, if you're really stressed out, uh, go and get some boxing and, oh dude, man, that definitely works for sure. I have honestly been thinking about that because I used to do Taekwondo when I was younger. However, in my mind, um, I have been wanting to get into boxing. That might have to do with like those Creed movies that came out and how inspiring they are. But um, yeah, man, dude, I know boxing's a beast, dude. It's a hard workout. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I can only last like five or six rounds, like going full force, and then my my uh, supervisor here at the at the foster care system, he bought me a um, like high elevation mask. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Yeah, so when I box, I put it on, and I can only last four or five rounds. Uh, it's hard. Boxing is very hard. Dude, that mask though makes it hard, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it makes it really hard. That's why I put it on. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I put it on. It's uh, like you were talking, it brings that piece of you achieved something. You know, even if you had a hard day, even if you were like, man, I'm sore from yesterday, or hey, I don't want to do this. I'm tired. I just want to go to you know, watch some TV and stuff like that. I'm like, no, let's, it's nice outside. Let's go to the park, let's run. Um, for some reason, even the pain afterwards, um, it, it feels like you achieved something, like you worked hard. Um, yeah. The sweat, you know, sweat getting in your eyes. And, mm-hmm. oh man, yeah, the peace for sure. Dude, you gotta love the journey, man. It's, it's nice, I like it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I guess one of the, the last questions that I had for you was um, if you could give a life advice to me, what would it be? Life advice. Well, maybe, Louise, because you've already accomplished so much, I would say if I had to advise you of anything, it would just be to make, to continue doing what you love and what you have fun with because, you know, tomorrow is a promise and we honestly don't know what can happen in the future. So the only thing we can really have control of is our actual moment we're in, the actual day we're in. So if we're able to go out and do the things that we love and bring us joy, I don't think you can um, really go wrong with that vibe. And I I don't know um, how religious you are, um, but for me, I know having a relationship with God helps me and just honestly just doing what you love and having fun and just um just taking the opportunity and realizing what you have in today's time and being content with that so that would be um my advice for you i think i needed to hear that as well for sure i think uh my relationship with the creator has gone up a lot better and uh, i definitely don't feel good when I don't have a close relationship with the creator. So yeah, thank you for that. Thank you for that reminder for sure. Of course, um, I like to flip the question on you. If you had to give me any advice, I'd like to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, for me, I gave this advice to to somebody else here recently, but um, I think uh, finding, finding a purpose for sure. 
finding what your purpose is in this world, you mentioned that you think your calling is, you know, working as an immigration lawyer, getting to explore different cultures. I think when you find yourself um, in a situation where you're growing, where you're in college, you're still young, but you find a purpose, not a job, a purpose. Because I think if you find a job, you're more likely to look into like, okay, how much does this job pay? How difficult is this job? Uh, how many days of vacation am I going to be paid for this job? How much an hour am I going to get paid? But I think when you find a purpose, those things are surface things. They don't really matter. Um, when you find a purpose, I think that you go like deep into the things that you're doing. Um, for example, I never saw myself, you had asked me, you know, my my freshman year, are you going to keep working the foster care system? Um, I was like, probably not. I feel like this was just a job for me to have while I was in college. Um, I actually wanted to work as um, uh, for, um, I did an internship with Sarah, and I think I'm gonna chop off her last name, Agron. Uh, that's probably not how you pronounce it, but Sarah and uh, with a migrant health network. And I wanted to be a oh. migrant outreach oh. worker. <laughs> I've heard about that, dude. Yeah, I wanted to do that like, all my life because uh, you know I'm, I'm an immigrant as I'm an immigrant myself uh, I'm American at heart you know but my documents say that I'm an immigrant um, but I wanted to do that help that community and maybe you know maybe in the future that's something I look for but right now my purpose is uh, the youth because they're the future you know and uh, I don't know about you but I want to have kids and you know, I actually already have a name for my kid. Uh, I want to name her Micaela, which I believe means uh, a gift from God. And with the, when this little person looks at me and tells me, what did you do so I could have a better future or the society be better? I think when I look at her and be, that I tell her I fought like a junkyard dog so you could have a better future and what better way to do that than work with the youth that are you know they're not wow. very disciplined or they're you know they have uh they've been mentally sexually verbally abused they've been abused on all kinds of scales um so what better way than just help that population so when they grow um, we have a better better world so yeah look for your purpose man and go go in uh, and you'll figure it out for sure dude thank you for that man I think that that advice actually um, kind of hits pretty deep I guess because like um, you know a job kind of labels you in a way of like it kind of puts you in a box whereas if you go off of a, if you can find your purpose it kind of like you said it's kind of the job and stuff is just a surface it doesn't really matter yeah yeah that's how I, I that's how I see it and a lot of my civic innovation classes kind of help me uh, have that perspective on find yourself a, a passion a purpose uh, because you want to do great things you know you want to change the world and that's okay but uh, I think sometimes we try to look for a job instead of like a passion and, and purpose and right now the purpose that 
I have I'm in the right area but I don't know five years ten years from now it might change it might be something else yeah yeah um thank you uh i i want to appreciate uh your presence even though you're not physically here um this is actually the first podcast i've done uh when the guest is not physically present <laughs> really yeah, so, interesting yeah, yeah all the other ones have been physically present so this uh this means a lot thank you thank you for making it happen No, dude, thank you for thinking of me and reaching out to me, dude. Because when I saw you email me, I was kind of been like, wow, you know, kind of in shock because, you know, I haven't heard from you in a while. And yeah. so um, I knew I, I jumped at the opportunity. And I remember our first interview was really well, went really well. And um, I remember like that whole setup you had kind of made it even more official, you know? You had it on the mics and stuff with the headphones. It was it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I like to play around, man. I'm having fun with this, and uh, so I don't think I've told you enough about it. So this is a one year project that I'm doing, starting in January, um, and I'll be done. Uh, I think the last podcast I'll have will probably be a couple hours before 2023, and it'll probably just be a reflection of everything that I've learned. Um, but I am interviewing people of all walks of life. Um, I've interviewed people that don't have their high school diploma. I interview people that have their degree. Uh, even, even I've interviewed people in the Hispanic community, in the Vietnamese community, in the American community. Um, and I just want to hear stories because you know stories connect us. Um, so yeah, all all kinds of um, walks of life. Um, business owners, teachers, um, college students, uh, survivors, um, and uh, uh, people with dealing with mental health issues, um, anything like that. And I'm excited, man. Dude, if you don't mind, dude, I'm, I'm so curious now, man. Do you mind, um, and I can email you also to check up, but I would love to see the end result of it, dude. So is there any way you can get access to the previous podcast or will it just all be available online? It's already available. So I will send you all the information. The podcast is called Gracia, which translates, I'm sure you know, to grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I named it like this because grace is um, its something that's not normal. It's something that it's not like we deserve grace. It's kind of like supernatural word of having grace um, towards people um, so I named it like that and yeah I will send you um, all the episodes and everything that I've done so far and I think you'll enjoy it um, and yeah we'll see we'll see how it keeps going but uh, yeah I'll find other people uh, that want to talk and uh, I'll send you that stuff today man awesome dude that'd be great All right, sick. I appreciate you, and uh, I will get this edited, um, and I would. Uh, I'm gonna send you the link to it, and just the link to everything. But man, it was a pleasure hearing back from you, and man, your Spanish is just getting amazing. Thank you, man. Thank you. I'm trying my hardest over here, so thank you. I really appreciate that. All right, man. Have a good night. I know right now is it is it a six hour difference? Yes, so it's almost 10 o'clock. Awesome, man. Okay, over here is almost 4 o'clock, but uh, man, I appreciate you. Um, 
and I'm gonna just let you go to bed, man. Thank you. Thank you, man. And good luck with your project, and um, I hope it speaks in with you. Thank you. Bye. All right.